You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on? Berto here. And Berto, we're back with another episode. What are we talking about today? Um. So yeah, man, I don't have like a, uh, I guess a hard, you know, one hard topic, but I, I kind of got a little bit of a theme that I wanted to kind of just reiterate. I guess it's, it's been covered a million times, right? But, you know, I've gotten a couple emails recently that, that uh, <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't say they like, you know, relit a spark or anything like that, you know, because it, it, this is what it is. You know, we can only talk about, you know, so much, so many times, you know, and it has to be absorbed by the audience, you know, and, and caught in different ways. And, but, uh, and so I kind of felt like, you know, we, you know, at, at some point we are transitioning a little bit, you know, we talk about other organizations and, and obviously, you know, hope to have guests on here pretty soon. And, you know, cause we have to, you can't just beat a dead horse, you know, when we're talking about, you know, my, my stories and, and obviously the organization I was a part of. But, you know, when I, when I get the emails that, uh, you know, they're kind of, they're encouraging, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to hear that it reaches some people, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's the goal. You know what I mean? Like just to be able to share some relevance in somebody else's life, you know? And so, um, it kind of just made me want to reiterate some of the old messages, you know, but, uh, but in a different way, you know, just kind of, just kind of bring it back to the forefront, you know, and, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I always like to use myself and, and, and what I was a part of as the, as the leading example, you know, but, you know, it's not, it's not a personal attack on any one person at this point in my life. You know, it's just about the lifestyle in general. It's just, just, that was my lane, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I know about and that's what I can talk about and that's how I can relate and it's authentic. So, you know, like with the Kings, man, I think, I think it's an important message to, to share, man, to, to the, to the people that are impressionable and that kind of look at these organizations as something to aspire to be, right? I think it's important to, to identify exactly what they are and then, and then really explain what that means to that, to that person. And what I mean by that is I I always, professed myself to be a prideful person, you know, like I was raised with pride, you know, like my, my dad, you know, he instilled a lot of morals in me. And and so at least this is the way I felt. And so when I was a part of the organization, I took pride in it. You know what I'm saying? I took pride in what I was, you know, there's a party, there's a party that's, that that's always going to be a part of me, regardless, good or bad. You know, it was, it took a chunk of my life. And so, you know, it's going to be, that's going to be there. I think it's I think it's important to be able to to distinguish, you know, how phony that pride really is. And I say that because if you have pride, like you don't you don't follow other men, you know, you don't you you lead men, you know, and you know, I, I think that if you're coming in as a follower, you automatically you automatically set your pride to the side. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's important, man, because a lot of a lot of kids and a lot of young younger men, I think they aspire to be that, to be prideful, to be like, you know, nobody tells me what to do type of shit. And so, all right, yeah, and then you fall in line for somebody else. You know, like these organizations, they're not democracies, you know, to, to some to they are to some extent as far as getting in positions, but they're monarchies. You know what I mean? Like you got you got somebody at the top and he's the ruler. You know, and um, I just think for people that have a lot of pride, I don't feel like that's 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 being true to it. You know, um, if that makes sense. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I it's funny because I was I was recently watching um, this dude King Tone, right? And Eric, I don't know if you ever heard of his story. You ever heard of him? I have never heard of him. <laughs> okay, so this dude King Tone. He, um, this actually give you something to watch too. Um, this dude, King Tone, he was like a really, really, he became a really, really popular king in New York. Um, and this was, 
you know, this was after they put King Blood away and King Blood was the founder of the Kings in New York. I think I explained this to you before where he actually left Chicago on somewhat bad terms. You know, he was he was a drug addict and he went to New York and he started this chapter of Kings and it, it exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this guy, Tone, he came along, you know, later on in the storyline and he ends up being a big king. And he's a uniter, though. You know, I mean, like you listen to the guy talk. He's 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 powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a powerful demeanor and, and um, you know, so when he came, he he did that. He united a lot of the brothers over there. And I'm talking about like they would be, you know, anywhere from a thousand to three thousand strong, you know, uh, kings and queens, because that's a big thing over there, the queens as well. And so they would be huge, man. They had churches on corners and like, you know, the Latin Kings, it was a real, real thing over there. You know, like that dude, right? He went on TV. And um, this is right after, you know, he like marched for somebody for like some rights, like, you know, activist type stuff. And he went on TV, he did like an HBO special. And it was like called Black and Gold or something like that, man. I remember seeing it when, um, when I was active. I was actually, the first time I seen it, I was on the reservation, me, Mondi, and Tim. And this is probably like the end of 02. And I seen it and right away you're like, you're disgusted with it. You know, as a gang member, you're like, man, what the hell? Like this dude, man, like the audacity, you know what I'm saying? To, to basically bring us out of the shadows, you know, and into the, into the spotlight. And, you know, that was a huge thing, man, because like for the longest time, man, the Latin the Latin Kings were were a huge entity, but but like the best kept secret, you know, as far as like membership and and the standard that was set. And when that dude came out like that, it it kind of like it opened up, you know, the floodgates. It kind of peeled back the curtain, you know. It took away a little bit of the mystique. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was why there was a lot of hatred towards that dude, you know, because in all reality, did he really do anything wrong? Like he was promoting the nation. He was promoting what he was promoting what the origins of the Latin Kings, I guess, to some extent were, even though King Blood rewrote a lot of his manifesto and and um, kind of articulated it differently, you know, the concepts and the foundation of it came from the real manifesto. You know, there's there's themes in there that are from the real manifesto. They have different little add-ons, but, um, you know, the foundation is about the people. And so, you know, when he did that, when he united everybody, it's weird how there was backlash for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was like, then that was the right thing, you know? And then it was like, oh, he's got to be a snitch. You know what I'm saying? He's 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 doing these interviews. He's on TV. He's got to be a snitch. That was never proven true. You know that was never that was never proven to be true. Um, I, I don't know personally. Maybe somebody has information that I don't. But I mean, I never I, I never heard of that. You know what I'm saying? I I just I my sole purpose of disliking him was for that that special. You know, at that time, that was my sole purpose. I just didn't like him. Like, man, how could you how could you out the guys right? And so you know, obviously, fast forward. To now, you know, you can you you see like where he was like he hit a crossroads. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, I, I'm not I'm not advocating that this dude was um, living a, a a straight and narrow life. You know what I'm saying? Like he was double dipping. He was on both sides. You know what I'm saying? Like he had his hand in the in the in the street, and then he had his hand in 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 promoting a righteous movement. You know what I'm saying? And the problem with that is. You know, law enforcement never viewed being a king as a righteous movement, and they never will. And and so they were always looking for the kink in the armor, and he gave them that. You know what I mean? When he was double dipping and, you know what I'm saying, selling drugs. And, and obviously, you know, from what I heard through his interview, he was doing it out of necessity. You know, it wasn't like he was rich. You know, people look at the the video or see the news and see him standing in front of a thousand people, that doesn't make him rich. You know what I'm saying? That that, that doesn't do nothing. And so, um, 
you know, I just I just look at the I look at what that was over there and I'm conflicted about it. And I'll tell you why. Now as an adult, I'm conflicted about it. And and this is why I brought up like monarchy, because yeah, I'm conflicted. I I believe that he was standing at that point, you know, to some extent for a righteous movement, right? And for for the you know, for the culture and the people. But at the same time, it wasn't as like it wasn't as if he was with his equals. You know, he was the head of that. You know what I mean? And he was he was he was empowered. The power that dude had was real. You know, imagine you got a thousand people walking behind you. What what you know, what can't you do? And so I don't know. I, I don't agree with I don't agree with that that uh that kind of dictatorship, you know, that kind of end all be all, judge, jury, executioner. You know, um I, I, I think I I think I did that when I was young because I didn't understand any better. You know, and I thought that because I took pride in being what I was, that I was prideful, but I was really selling my pride by allowing somebody else to lead me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that, like that wasn't the way my, my father raised me. And so that's my main core message here, man, is like preach that shit to, to these little young men. You know what I'm saying? Like you talk all that pride shit, you got pride, like, all right, well then, you know, be a man enough to, to lead yourself. You know, if you don't have anybody that is leading the right way, you know what I'm saying? Because following some dummy just makes you the same dummy, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, you know, I'm the dummy number one. So, so, um, so you said, you said it earlier that, that a lot of that was instilled in you by your father, you know, but you still ended up following like a dummy. Where do you think you went wrong? Well, I just had a I just had a misconception of what having true pride was. You know what I'm saying? And and my my father used to tell me all the time like don't be that was one of the main things he would tell me like don't be a follower, be a leader, you know what I'm saying? And and um I didn't understood I didn't understand why he was so much against me being in the gang, but that was the main reason is because he felt like I was being a follower. Like that's what being in the gang was. And then I remember when I caught my first case, man, he thought that I caught my case based on being a follower. You know what I'm saying? Like he thought I caught my case because somebody else told me to do that. You know what I'm saying? And then I remember he even held it against the person who was our Inca at that time, you know, not knowing that I was actually the Kasinka at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But my father didn't know, you know, he just looked at it like that's some follower shit. The gang life is gonna. You're some follower shit. You're gonna be being told what to do by some top of the. You know what I mean? And and he didn't. He didn't respect that. He didn't. He didn't like that for me or for Tim. You know what I mean? And so, um, I just had the misconception though that because I was proud of being a Latin king, that made that made me moral. You know what I mean? With pride. That that's you know that wasn't true. And so. Yeah, I think that was just a just a, a misconception, man. And you know what's do, funny, bro? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think your father had he and maybe he did do this, but it had he um kind of really, really pushed over and over again when you were younger, just how how fake, how how following a gang was? Do you think that would have been enough to push you away from that lifestyle? Or do you think that that just the way who you were and once you got pulled into it, you were just going to be in it. You got to realize, right? Like my, my dad, um, was my hero, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was, a it was, uh, man, it's hard to explain, bro. Like my, my dad was a hero to me, but at the same time I was terrified of him, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, um, and I loved him. And I feared him, you know what I mean? And I respected him. But, you know, I feel like my dad understood how to give the right messages to us. But he didn't know how to deliver them the right way. I think it was more about my dad's approach and the sheer, um, just pure hard hand growing up. You know what I mean? Like there was, there wasn't, there wasn't reasoning 
um, you know, like I said many times, you know, my my father, like many, like many that we know and many we talk about on the show, you know, he had his own demons. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, he wasn't, you know, to say to say that he wasn't struggling with his own thing, you know, is is, is would be an understatement. You know what I mean? Like that's he he had his he had a lot of things that he dealt with daily, and so his way of teaching might not have been the right way, you know what I mean? But he was trying. He just, I just feel like for me, he couldn't deliver it the way I needed it to be delivered um, in order to put me in a different place. You know, I needed a, I needed a heavy hand, but not, but not one that I was terrified of. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed one that was going to show me and like, you know what I mean? And guide me, you know, and be there with me kind of, kind of deal and um you know like i said that's that's hard to that's that's hard to put on that's hard to put on somebody you know because you're still they still you're just their kid you know what i mean and and you're going through things that they'll never really understand uh, at that point because even if like my dad used to always tell me uh you know don't <laughs> he's always tell me anything you think about doing uh any anything stupid that you think about doing as you tell me and Tim, anything you, you fucking think about doing that's stupid, don't do it because I've done it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and he would be like, and he'd be like, so I know. You know what I mean? He'd be like, I'm two, I'm 10 steps ahead of you guys. You know what I mean? And um, you know, me and Tim would get a kick out of out of getting, you know what I'm saying, getting over on him all the time. Especially Tim. Tim used to be sneaking out and shit all the time. But anyways, the point is, is that you know, he would, he would always emphasize little shit like that. And so, um, that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard, you can't reverse it, Eric. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you just can't, you, you can't go back and, um, try to imagine would you have been able to change? I, you know, I like to, everybody, you would like to say you would, man, but I don't know, bro. I just, I, shit just happens the way it happens. You know what I mean? And you got to, you got to kind of just assume that that was the way it was supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. Well, and just, just the fact of it is, is your dad could have done in a fabulous job of, you know, teaching you the right thing to do. But in the end, you were so exposed to this when you were not around your parents that it was just, it's really hard to predict, you know, what that. Right. And that's, and that's my point. That's kind of my point, man. Is that, is that like, you know, as, as young, you know, as young men, you know, and even if, if young girls are getting clicked up, you know what I'm saying? Like parents are busy in life. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying my dad was always working and shit, but he would be out, you know, my mom, you know? And so when, or or like when I was growing up, we would always go out and play. So we're exposed to everything like that too. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, like nowadays, man, like parents work and shit, both parents work in the household. And so kids are kind of out there, you know, on their own. And so, you know, parents can never really know what's, what's going on in them, in them, you know, in them thoughts. And so how do you catch it beforehand? You know what I mean? Unless the kid is willing to come forward and talk about it. But nine times out of 10, man, the lifestyle is so intriguing. You know, when, when you don't have the guidance somewhere else and and this lifestyle is calling you, man. And, and it seems like it's, yeah, man, parties and, and, um, you know, brotherhood and, you know, how can it be a brotherhood if 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 there's somebody who's above the brotherhood? Mm-hmm. You know, like brotherhood means we're equals, we're all together. You know what I mean? And um, that's not man. It's 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 not that. And I'm not, I'm I'm talking about every every element of every organization, man. And you know, I think like when I was listening to that dude's story, man, like to to, to circle back to him real quick, like when I was listening to his story. He said, he said some real shit that I never thought about, man. Like with the with the Latin Kings, and this is how I know that the Latin Kings are so far removed from any from any semblance of what what they used to be. Um, you know, when when the origins, you know, what I mean, at least in Milwaukee, this is the only the only place I can talk about. He 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 was talking about himself first, right? And this dude King Tone, he was a major crackhead before he was a king. You know what I mean? 
you know, and he ended up like doing prison bids and obviously he got clean and, and then he ran into Kings later and but he was a major crackhead. And um one of the guys that got him in was a huge crackhead. And basically when he convinced Tone, he was basically telling him, man, listen, the nation saved my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you can quit smoking crack. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can give all that shit up. Like, the nation will save you, you know? And, like, that was kind of mind-blowing to me, man, because the the I never thought of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never thought of, don't get me wrong, like, I didn't, I, I, you know, I knew that becoming a king wasn't, I wasn't becoming a saint. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think that I was going to be saved in any way. And so to hear that concept that a guy was saved, you know, from the streets as far as he was a drug addict and, you know what I'm saying? He probably lost everything, his house, and and then he became a king and and whatever happened to him, you know, he, he got off the drugs and he and if he works or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that that's amazing, like, to think about you know, the quote unquote, the nation to be able to do that. But that's what, that's what the job of the nation used to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, that was real. You know, that was what, that was what it was. It was about empowering, you know what I mean? And, and picking people up when they're down. And it's crazy because it took me all this time to even see that, that that was a real thing. You know what I mean? Like hearing them stories. Yeah, you hear people talk about it, but to see it in like the in, in like somebody's real, real life story, like man, you know, like it put me in a different place. Like nobody's ever said that about being a king where I'm from. <laughs> that it saved them. You know what I'm saying? Um I guarantee you, even guys that are active right now are not gonna tell you that, you know what I'm saying, that it saved them. And um, but I mean what do you know? You know, that's what it was supposed to be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like taking groceries in for mothers and you know what I'm saying? Like you want to talk about like, you know, a, 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 a father and son playing catch. Like that's what the, that's what the, the adolescents were supposed to be to the, to the super young. You know what I mean? Like that, like growing them like that, man. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and not passing them a gun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's the, you know? And so, I just I just find it crazy, man, that um I don't know, man, no matter where you go, you know what I mean, no matter what the concept is, it's it, it comes down to the same thing. You know, it started somewhere and you give up your pride to be a follower. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, that's what it is. And you think about it because a gang could it could be exactly what you're talking about right there with, you know helping people and, and all of these things. But for some reason that they just never work out that way. They, even if they start that way, they just go sour <laughs> after. And that's a crying shame, you know? Right. And I wonder, I wonder though, man, like, you know, like how, how things would have been different for that guy. Because like I said, man, he's like a powerful dude. Like if you watch the story, you know, like you're drawn in, he doesn't always make sense. Don't get me wrong. You'll lose him. You know what I'm saying? He's got a lot of slang in the way he talks and um, he's got like an accent a little bit, but, but you'll get the overall gist of what he's saying. And then you'll see like, you know, he's, he's about oppression, man. Like he's about fighting. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's, he's about oppressed people. You can tell, man. And because to, to be um, where he was at, you know, as far as in the nation having the status that he did and then to be taken down, you know, obviously that that has a feeling of not a setup, right? Because he was doing wrong, you know what I'm saying? But targeted, you know what I'm saying? A targeted attack, you know? And, and um, you know, I think that... <laughs> You know, a lot of people feel like that 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 that's going on in in the real world now. You know, with <laughs> with politics. Yeah. You know, what I mean, targeted attacks, and so you see that man, and that takes him away, and you cut the head off the snake, man. We talk about that shit all the time. Yeah, in theory, you're you think you're doing good, but what happens, man? You know, like 
who knows when that dude was leading um how much how many uh how many peace treaties happened you know what i'm saying because he talks about being involved in peace treaties who knows about how many lives he saved even if it was temporarily even if yeah people always go back to fighting but they're but to have it for for two months or a month i mean that's a that's life changing literally you know what i mean like you're, you're literally saving the people die every day you know just imagine this how many murders in chicago imagine if they had a peace treaty between all gangs for two months like mm-hmm. imagine what that would do right so um and that's pretty much what New York was a lot of in, at that time. You, you either Latin King or you're a blood type shit. I don't, I mean, I don't really know. MS-13s made their way up there a little later, but um, from my understanding of over there, I never really heard about shit else. And so, you know, obviously you got like subsets and nietas and like little cliques and shit like that. But overall, you know, like the big gangs and who who beef in the prison system. So just imagine that, you know, how much, how many, that's, that's life-saving, man. You, you saving a lot of lives by doing that. You know, them little peace treaties, that shit seems like nothing because it always starts back up. But, you know, when the fire's out, people are living. So You know, you mentioned the uh, the aspect of how politics is kind of steering towards the direction of like, you know, it's it's a positive thing, but it's becoming this great divide. And it's like, are we in a stage where at some point in time will politics actually turn into a violent, like, divides so far that it becomes two gangs that are just fighting over yeah we're already there we're already there you didn't see see them guys you didn't see them guys fighting in congress you know in congress hall you know they're fighting fist fighting you know what i mean and you're seeing examples of it but god imagine imagine i mean for lack of a better way imagine all the democrats and all the Republicans just oh, battling each other. Those <laughs> like, are the two. Those are the two biggest. Those are, yeah, those you are know. the two bi- biggest gangs in the country, right there, man. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? They got all the makings. Think about it. They got all the makings of the game. They got the structure. They got the hierarchy. They got the propaganda. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's um, it's funny how politics works, man. It's it's very similar. I mean, it, it's a scary thing, and I think that that most people would would just immediately go to the the well that'll never happen because this is a good thing and it's like well a lot of gangs started out as a good thing too and now look where we're at so you can't really just dismiss that as it's never going to happen yeah know? so yeah everything is status quo until it isn't yep. you know and um I don't know, man. You just liken it to 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 everything that that we're talking about. You know, it's like they're they're. Where do you think these ideas come from? These concepts come from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They come from greater minds. You know, like, um, you know, structure of the country and 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 how it's built and all that shit. Like, the democracy aspect of it. You know, people people poke and pick and take aspects that are relevant to what their cause is, you know what I'm saying? And what they're trying to, what they're trying to push forth, you know, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what most organizations are. They're a combination of a democracy and a dictatorship in the same, you know, in the same damn gang. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, where does that come from? Comes from shit like the government, shit like the army, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you got democracy, kind of. In in reality, that's, I mean, that's been human society for hundreds, thousands of years. As long as we've been here, it's all been about, there's always been, you know, like they, they commonly say people are more comfortable following than they are leading, (laughs) you know? So inevitably in all societies, you just end up with a leader because that's what everybody is looking for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes a little bit of something, man. You know, it takes a little bit of something because- Everybody, everybody wants to be a leader until, you know, you got to be the first one through the wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you lead and you got to be the first one through the wall, you know what the other, you don't know what's on the other side, and that's scary for everybody. That's scary for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like who wants to, you know, who wants to know what's around that corner before you know? It's easier to be like, yo, you go check it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm the leader. You go check it out. But that's not really leading. You know what I'm saying? Being a leader is being in front. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's funny, man. I think that uh I like looking at you know, just different 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 areas of the country, bro, and just how this shit just you know, it just encompasses every one of these little communities, bro, and it's 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 like a it's like a snow globe. You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> it's just there, man. You you, you and and nobody, everybody's oblivious to it because what, what really can we do? You know, mm-hmm. what really can we do? You know, look at us for example, right? Like, I mean, let's just let's just look at it on a bigger scale, right? <clears throat> you know, consistency is key in everything, right? You always talk about that shit. You know, yeah. I've heard that about every element in my life. Just be consistent, and and good things will happen. And um, you know, as long as you're moving in the right direction, and you know, we've been doing this podcast a little over a year. And we've built, you know, we've grown, you know, we've grown from, from nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of that, like where we've come and, and I know we're going to continue to grow organically, you know, but think about these, what are they called? Implants, you know, like you get these podcasts that come out of nowhere, bro. And they got no credibility and all of a sudden they're, you know, million, million streams a day. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think that's, that's a coincidence that's a funny coincidence like there's so many everybody has a podcast now bro everybody (laughs) literally everybody about every single thing you could possibly think of i got a pen in my hand right now i could probably do a podcast about pens (laughs) but you wouldn't be the only podcast about pens more than likely (laughs) that's what i'm saying (laughs) you know and so it's just it's just funny to me how that works, man. Like you know, there's there's people that are propped up. There's there's uh, you know just it's like a pick and choose thing, man. And to break through, it's like who do you got to know to break through? In any in any in any, I'm not just a podcast game and business or anything. It's like who do you got to know? You got to know somebody. Hmm. You got to know somebody because we ain't getting each other out. I'm gonna tell you that now. You ain't got enough money to get me out, Eric. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got to have somebody pull us up from the top. I don't know nobody up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting. But then the other thing you want, I, when you talk about like podcasts, the, you also have to bring into the, the thought of that is, is that now because of the internet and stuff, all these little micro niche communities are so available to everybody. Does that to to today's youth does that make um does that make them gang less appealing because- i think that i think that what i think the only thing that makes a gang less appealing um these days is the fact that i don't know man the the, the type of the type of kid is just different from generations before it. And I'm not going to, I'm not the, not going to be the get up here and, you know, let's beat my chest and say these, these kids, because these kids are crazy as shit out here. Um, But what I'm saying is that I feel like their, their, their upbringing was different than ours. You know, like when I was a kid, just for an example, like just being outside all day, driving my bike all day. You know what I'm saying? Like that's an element that the next generation of kids never really had. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah, some of them did, but the big majority of them were like game players. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of that shit, you know, in the house, social media, that type of shit. And so um, I think that that element made the youth a little different. And so the the I feel like they're... <laughs> How do I say this? The camaraderie of being around a bunch of guys or a bunch of the fellas doesn't mean as much to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like when when I grew up, it was about being around your friends because you didn't have no other way to connect with them. You couldn't, you weren't, you weren't talking on the phone like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you weren't kicking on the phone. There's no computers, none of that shit. So like really being with your friends was like really being with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that element, you just, you crave that that camaraderie, man. Like, you know, when you went home, you couldn't wait to get up on the weekend and go kick it, you know, like get on your bike and go kick it. And now everything is so instantaneous and at your fingertips, you know, 
you sick of seeing your damn friends. Like you FaceTime and you whatever you you want social media, you just dudes there 24-7, you know. So um I feel like, yeah, a lot of the kids, they probably got like they probably got like their homies that they kick it with them, one or two guys. But the idea of being like click in a in a group, it's probably not as um important to them anymore. You know, it's not it doesn't it doesn't feel like it felt for us, you know. So yeah. I, that's and, what and I, I guess yeah, and that's kind of where my head is going with that is is that because everything is so much more available to you, you know, hopefully these kids that are in these neighborhoods that these gangs are running around, you know, they're not lost looking for a community to be involved in because there's a hundred communities they can get involved in, whether they sign on to social media, whether they get into gaming, whatever it may be. But you can always find those people out there now so much easier than we could when we were a kid. Because when, when you were a kid, I mean, you had the neighbor kids and that was about it, right? Yeah, or school. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah, whatever school whatever and, elementary school you went to, those are usually my, my, my friends, my close friends. Right. And But today, you don't even have it to ever talk to somebody at school if you don't want to because you know, the whole world is at your fingertips to talk to. And I just wonder. Yeah, this is, this is just, I, I, I can't imagine you. It's, it's a, it almost hurts my mind to think about how drastic of a difference it is. Like literally night and day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know if that was, if you could say the same thing about like the generation before us, would they say the same thing about us? Like, was it night and day? I mean, I guess back, back then, like, maybe teachers were like hitting kids and shit still, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, mm. they weren't, they weren't hitting us. My pops would have put pause on one of them teachers. So, well, yeah, I, maybe, maybe that, you know what I'm saying? But, but other than that, I feel like there wasn't a whole shit ton to change, you know, like we still had chalkboards, you know? Um, I mean, it, it was, it was basically the same shit, but then I, but think about the generation after us, how much it changed. I mean, you go from literally, like almost no technology to every technology. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And you might not have had it as much, but I think we still, at least for me, I went through a dramatic change because we did. I caught the beginning of the internet craze. Okay. So, so you know, like I was, I don't know if you, like when you were a kid, you ever had America online or anything like that. So all Shit, our friends no. were, we're connecting through America online and stuff like that. So I caught the beginning of that, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, tend to exit now the way it is today because, you know, now everybody's got America online in their pocket, which I, I understand. America, America online. online. Yeah. But, we were lucky you know, to have a damn landline, <laughs> much less America online. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember I, it was like, we had a, it's crazy. We had like, our, uh, we had a number, I think it was like 672, 22, 32 or some shit like that. And we had, that was the longest number we ever had, you know, mm-hmm. 414. That was long, that was like the longest number we ever had, bro. It was probably like nine months or some shit. Mm-hmm. We always had different numbers, man. Yeah, the phone bill, was, phone bill was in everybody's damn name. Everybody we knew. So, and see, I still have friends that I can remember their child. Like I could call their parents right now if I wanted to, because I still remember the phone number. Cause they always, have I still remember Mario. I think Mario's mom was like six, four, seven. Yeah, don't do that because then yeah. what, if, what if it's still her number? Somebody no, no, no. I think they, no, not in, no, but yeah, you, you're right though. I remember I, I had that. There was a few numbers I remembered like that, man. But you that, think that's about not it. a thing no more. I now I can't remember nobody's number. I just, I just clicked their name. I couldn't tell you your number right now. If you ask me, I don't know it. Yeah. At all. I don't I even know I'm your. Old. I don't even know the area code. I mean, I, I just press Eric. I know like three people. I I know my wife's phone number and my brother's phone number, and I think that's about it. So same. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the same. I I'm telling you, man. Like I I don't even try to remember phone numbers no more. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not worth it. You yeah. don't need to. You get got them right at your hand hand stuff but i would be interested to know because they say all these negative things about social media but in a way could social media also be offering like a major positive because people can find the people that they want to connect with because i feel like you know 
you as a kid when you when you decided to take that path well and maybe i you would know this better do you feel like you'll ended up as a king because i mean where you grew up that's just what you did or was it to fill some sort of void in your life? Because the way it was always taught to me with gangs is that most of the people that end up in gangs is because there's something missing and they find that within a gang. I mean, that's a, that's a, I think that's a cop out. I mean, I think that's involved with it, but I think that's, um, <clears throat> that's not always necessarily like the leading uh, <clears throat> contributor, like, yeah, man, like people want to be a part of something. You know, like I said, that camaraderie is is craved like as a young young guy and then as as a as a as an adolescent. <clears throat> but like I had a lot of friends growing up, man, and and we were always together. Like we hung out, you know what I'm saying? Like we would go like to like skate you on Fridays and like the movies and shit like that every now and then, you know what I'm saying? But that it was a different kind of friendship, you know? And so when I started growing getting a little a little bit older and and then you see this like the little edgier kind of hanging out style that shit becomes amusing you know what i'm saying and so yeah you know maybe it's a little about trying to be a part of something maybe you know what i mean but at the same time it's like yeah that that shit is there it's prevalent it's everywhere you know and if it's not this gang it's that gang it's not this crew it's that crew you know what I mean? Like, cause there's crews, there's dudes that hang out. Like nobody wants to be a lone wolf, you know? Like, so there's a crew here, a crew there, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, where do you end up at? You know? Yes. And then. So, so it, from, from your perspective, it was much more about the fact that, that this is what the people around you were doing. This is what you were surrounded with. And that's what kind of pushed you to it. It wasn't anything like a, I'm looking for this thing and the only place I can find it is gang per per se. Right. It it was more right, right. I, I and and the way I would put it is like it was it was um it wasn't necessarily the only thing, you know, because like I said, I know people that made it out of there that didn't join gangs and shit, you know. But it wasn't the only thing, but there was a higher percentage of that than the other way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, like I I became a damn statistic. You know what I'm saying? I became a part of another statistic. Yeah. So and I guess when you look if you put it that way, then you have to question, well, does having all these other distractions push you away from the gang? Maybe not, because I mean, still, I mean, the gangs are out there and people are growing up in neighborhoods <clears throat> where they're everywhere. So Well, here's the flip side of that, Eric. And this is this is what I would think about right away as a rival, as looking for a rival, right? Is that, yeah, you're right. It 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 stops people from maybe being up, you know, finding gangs appealing, you know, um, especially with like the internet now. You know, with having, like I said, credos and oaths and manifestos, all that shit used to be sacred. You know what I'm saying? It used to be you had to know somebody who knew somebody to get your hands on something like that. Now you go on the internet and find a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You might not find a whole book, but you can piece together a lot of shit. You know, for every little, you know, every organization that's a real organization. You know, um, but but this is what I'll say. Yeah, so that might that might push kids away, but that like I said, it doesn't stop kids from clicking up. And here's what here's the devil's advocate about that being kind of a good thing for the social media aspect. What's also a bad thing because now you can find anybody you're looking for really fast. Right. Right. You know, so it can like be you used at to. The same- it can at the same time is exacerbate the problem because they make it a hundred times worse. These guys, <laughs> these guys got live locations. You know what that would have done for us back in the day? You got a live location on somebody that'd be an unalive location. You know what I mean? And so that's, that, that's, that's the problem. That's, that's why the death rate is so rapid is because these dudes are talk shit online and they can find each other in two seconds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, Nobody's scared of a gun when they got a gun, you know what I mean? And that's 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 how that shit escalates that fast. Man, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine what that would have been like. You know, you could just pop online and find your op, you know what I'm saying? Find your rival and just go go to him. Like you wonder why these these murder rates are flying off the handle. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's the that's the dark side of social media. That's the worst element of it. That's totally um, true. Like, and and you know what? The positive it brings is probably just washed away by the negative. <laughs> we're hundred percent. Right, we're right yeah. back where we started. <laughs> yeah, because because you know? listen, I mean, let's let's just call it what it is, man. Crazy motherfuckers are still crazy motherfuckers, man. No matter what you do with them, no yeah. matter if they, no matter if they in the gang or they not, man. Like they they crazy. Yeah. You know? And it allows them to, to you find a whole lot more of those crazy people and bring them together because now you're not limited to your city or, or even with the vicinity of your city. Now you have the whole nation that you could start banding people together, which is just terrifying. So, and I don't mean to offend nobody with my language, man, but this isn't PBS. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This, this is, <laughs> it's just me being honest with y'all, man. You know, this isn't an after school special. I'm just I'm just being honest with y'all about the shit. Yeah, that's that's a it's a crazy man. It's a crazy. It's mind blowing, bro. It's mind blowing. You, you, it, no matter what, it just evolves. You know, it finds a way to evolve and, mm-hmm. and reproduce. <laughs> thus, thus going back to the point we've made so many times on this podcast. Unfortunately, it's just not going away. Right. And that's why, you know, that's why I transitioned it into, into just the lifestyle in general, you know, and the street life in general. And because it's because maybe, maybe a lot of people did push away from gangs. You don't know. I don't know because we don't have our posts on the, you know, on the street. You know, I know in Chicago, that shit is very, very prevalent, very, very serious. You know what I mean? Like them dudes will kill for that shit. And I'm not at all pressing any buttons, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but my point is that they're living fine. They don't need, they they don't need, um, you know, they don't need to continue to pray on the weak man. If, if, if there's people that want to be soldiers and that's, that's going to be their choice, you know, but all we can do is just give them the information and let them know that shit is not what you think it is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so no matter where you at, the, yeah, it remains the same, man. Gang life, street life, shit's the same. You know what I mean? You can end up in prison with the same old stories, man. Like, it's it's a shame, man. Like, you know, like I go on YouTube, like everybody else, I'm sure, that listens to the podcast or anywhere. And you see a million stories like mine, bro. I'm not unique. I'm not different. You know, this this shit is everywhere. The only thing that makes me unique is I can reach out to where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? And just hope that it affects people that are close to where I'm from. And if it if it even reaches even further, great, you know, but you know, I know that that breaking through that wall is 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 going to be hard. But if I can if I can break through to to who's in the room with me, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's all you can really ask. You know what I mean? And and this shit, as we know, talking about social media, it's going to be around forever. Shit ain't going nowhere. It's in the cloud. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this shit is going to be somewhere forever, man. When I'm long gone, hmm. so. I think that's I think that's kind of doing the right thing, yeah. and uh, and with that, if you ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing. That's that's kind of where I was at, man. I was just trying to trying to you know reiterate that, man. For because like I said, man, I think it's it's super cool when like you feel like you can affect somebody in a positive way, and, and so getting like an email somebody that is 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 really like struggling, you know what I'm saying? Like in the thick of it. Because I could take myself back to when I was in the thick of it and trying to get through that shit, you know, whether it be with your kid or, you know what I'm saying? Like, however that situation is going, you know, it feels good to be able to share and shed some light on my situation, maybe use that shit as ammunition and and hopefully find a different result because that's what this shit's about, man. Yeah, and I would say if anybody out there does have a kid that you feel like is going through this and you don't really know how to connect with them, send Berto an email because I'm sure, I mean, that's a great place to start. Berto can at least has kind of an idea of what that, where that kid's head is at. So he might have some ideas for, you know, things you could say that would really kind of connect with them to maybe make them realize that the path they're going down is a mistake. Would you agree with that, Berto? Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously you know the odds are stacked against you, man. You know, the percentages are really high. Mm-hmm. Once 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 they dip their toe in that 
you know, proverbial water and they get a taste of that street life, it accelerated really, really fast um, compared to when I was coming around, you know, like as soon as they step in, they probably got a gun and, you know, th- that kind of shit we worked into, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like day one, I, you know, like nowadays you step into the street life, man, you got a gun, you got, you got 20 clips, you know, whatever you need, any kind of drug, fentanyl, all that shit. So it's a different ball game, man. But I, I wouldn't say my, my, my reasoning is, is, is outdated. You know, I think that I still understand the street as far as, you know, what level they're probably at, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I can offer whatever, whatever advice I can to help. I would, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, but I, like I said, I hope that comes through. I come, I hope that comes through the podcast though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope that comes through, through the episodes, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're well over 50 episodes. And so we have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, gospel, you know what I mean? That that people can review and and listen to and, and have it verbatim and, and be able to share. Like, listen, man, this dude, look, listen to the shit that he went through, you know, and um, and these are, you know, whether whatever conversation is, you know, listen to what he went through. And, and these are the people that said he, they loved him, you know, or, you know, this is the situation he got put in. So I think that's a, you know, that's always, that's always good, but I'm always open to emails. You know, I'm always open to, to help. You know what I mean? Obviously if I can't get back to you right away, but I'll try, you know, if, if it doesn't happen right away, I'll, I'll get to you as soon as I can. But yeah, man, I'm about that. I'm, I'm definitely, it's unfortunate. I can't really, I can't really do the, the public platform and, and, and that's not really me anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really going to put myself on a, out there like that, but you know, if I can help in some other small way, I will, man, because that's, that's kind of where, that's kind of where this whole, this whole idea, this podcast stemmed from. Exactly. So, all right. Well, if we got nothing else, I'll wrap her up. We good. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, as always, man, just, I thank everybody for listening, man. It's, 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 it's good to be able to do this. Um, and like I said, you know, obviously I have my own life that is, is challenging in itself. Um, my schedule is, is always fluctuating and, and tough. And me and Eric are on opposite schedules at sometimes. Um, but we still half-ass enjoy doing this, getting together and talking. And um, I definitely enjoy making an impact. So, um, you know, there's a lot of cool stories on our Patreon that we've been we've been sharing. You know, I encourage people to get over there. Um, you know, I know it sucks to pay for content, but it's worth it, you know? Um, and, and it's appreciated, you know, I think we're going to make a big effort really soon here to have at least, you know, a guest on pretty soon. Um, and, and he's a friend of mine. And so I'm looking forward to it. So you guys can have that one. Honestly, Eric, that one might be a two parter. Um, so um, we'll probably have to be yeah. ready for that. Yeah. But yeah, any suggestions for the show? Like, you know, like always, just email them in, get with us, and, and we'll do our best to accommodate it. Thanks, everybody, man. Cool. All right. With that, we'll wrap this episode up. As Berto mentioned, we do have that Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash normalized crime, as well as you can also send us emails, questions, comments, anything you want to say, normalized crime at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with the Patreon episode in two weeks with a regular episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.